Welcome to Simply Financial with your financial coach, Kevin Ray. In today's investing environment, there's a lot of clutter. If you're tired of the talking heads and financial noise, this is the show for you. Today, we'll help you find simple solutions to financial challenges. We'll show you how to achieve your financial goals and get answers to your toughest questions. Simply Financial with Kevin Ray starts now. Hey, it's time for another edition of Simply Financial. I'm Walter Storlt here alongside Kevin Ray, and we have a fantastic show on the way for you today. I promise we're, we're going to deliver on that promise, so uh, you, you will not be disappointed. I'm, I'm coming in with a lot of confidence on the show today, Kevin. What do you think? I'm thinking uh, you have a lot of confidence. That's good. That's good. <laughs> yes. you, and, and you're sounding like maybe you're not as confident. <laughs> well, we'll see, right? <laughs> I never know what you're going to throw at me, so I can't say from my side. Well, as you can imagine, we've got Thanksgiving on the way, so we're going to have a little bit of a Thanksgiving theme on the show today. That'll that'll pop up a couple of times, and uh, we're also going to be doing a little bit of talking about Roth conversions. Hopefully, we'll have some time to talk a little bit about cash. Is it still king or not? Uh, We're going to ask that question on the show today. Maybe answer a listener question or two as well. We'll see what we can get to on the program today. But before we get into our, we're, we're talking about the first Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving on the show today and how we can kind of draw some financial planning lessons from studying the very first Thanksgiving back in 1621. How in the world can we draw great financial lessons from 1621? Well, we're going to do it on today's show. Before all that, though, Kevin, uh, any big plans for you for the week? I do. You know, it's deer hunting season here. You know, opening day was last Tuesday. So Stacy in the office, she was out deer hunting. and you know, she didn't have any luck. Her husband was out, didn't have any luck. So I'm, I'm checking around with all my friends and family to see how their deer success was going. And um, that's the big event. Now, Walter, we have five, 600,000 people out in the woods here in Michigan with loaded guns and miraculously nobody gets hurt. So I don't think it's really the gun. I think it's the people that are being careful this year. So, uh, well, Please, everyone be careful. We don't want any yeah. any injuries. I'm going skiing, and uh, everyone has told me, like, look, no injuries. You know, we, we don't want you to have fun on your trip. We just don't want you to get injured. That's priority number one. So go, goes for all the hunting as, as well, right? Like fun is secondary. Just don't get injured, first of all. That's right. That's right. You know, and you're telling me beforehand, before we started, that you're going skiing. That's the first thing that went through my mind, you know. You fell in the pool. You've done all kinds of crazy stuff. Oh, man, stuff. yeah. So I'm going to say a special prayer for you this week that you're Thank back you. next week on at normal terms so you well I, I broke the last time i went snowboarding i broke my ankle so this is kind of a getting back on the horse moment uh, yeah. a little bit so i'm in a different place athletically now and it was kind of a freak accident uh breaking the ankle it wasn't just like a normal situation it was just sort of a freak thing that happened so I'm going to say, all right, that's not going to happen again. And we're going to be in good shape and we're going to be careful, but we're going to have a good good time and a lot of fun too. Probably well, going to freeze, but uh, <laughs> going to have a good time. Well, if you do, you have one up on almost everybody out there uh, that skis. You know what that is? What's that? Your wife is a nurse, so she can that's take right. you quickly. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's very true. She'll uh, and, and she'll just get to shake her head at me and say, another injury. Fantastic. Yeah. Point her great. finger. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can picture it now. So. Yeah. 
my middle name is accident waiting to happen. So <laughs> I do have to be careful in times like this. Uh, but yeah, should should be a lot of fun. I hope everybody has great plans for Thanksgiving, gets out, has a good time, visits with family if you can, and uh, just 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 eat some good food while you're at it too. And hey, maybe maybe help do a little volunteering, help somebody out around you as well. This is a, That's a good we're idea. entering into that time of year and that season as well. So let's start making that part of the spirit too. Um, well, there you go. Let's talk about Thanksgiving, but from a long time ago, Kevin, 1621. And if you study the first Thanksgiving that took place then, you'll find that many of our traditions today aren't really a great recreation of that actual original event. And so we're going to see what we can learn from financial planning, about financial planning, from some of these discrepancies. All right. So here's the first example of what we're talking about. No turkey. You know, we consider turkey to be an essential part of Thanksgiving. Not really me, Kevin. I'm not really a turkey fan. Um, I, I've actually, in our family, tried to make it a tradition to do duck on Thanksgiving because mm. I think duck tastes really good and uh, is more fun. But anyway, that's just me. I, I won't get too far off track here. Uh, it's almost certain, however, that the first Thanksgiving didn't include turkey at all. In fact, the only meats that they would have had available at the time would have been things like oysters. Hey, I'm down with that, actually. Oysters at Thanksgiving sounds amazing. Uh, Fish, venison, and possibly ham. But yeah, probably definitely no uh, turkey. So what about in financial planning? Is there a lesson to be learned from that discrepancy, from the real thing to what our traditions are? Well, I think, and you know, uh, I could have, you know, I'm down with the fish, the venison, and the ham, but the oysters, Walter, I think I'm off board on that. Yeah, you're not a big oyster fan. We've talked about that before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So are we going what people assume when they come into the office is going to happen versus what we're assuming towards mm. turkeys is an essential part of Thanksgiving? Is that where you're driving? I like, I like the direction you're taking it in okay. there, yeah. So when we think of it that way, so no turkey, right? You come into my office, a lot of people. And I can tell you story upon story upon story. They come in my office, and they're kind of timid when they first come in. They're, you know, they don't want to make a whole lot of eye contact because they don't think they've done enough to get where they need to be. So I would say, you know, for those people that are like that, nine times out of ten, when we get done and we get done with that process, you're exactly where you want to be. In fact, a lot of them are ahead where they want to be as far as getting to retirement and getting on time uh, the retirement date that they want to retire. So more times out of a not, you know, people come in thinking, Kevin's going to tell me I can't do it. I didn't save enough. I didn't do this right. I didn't do that right. But it's just the opposite when people come in. In reality, most of the time it's you did do it right. You are the hero of the story. You did save enough. You are ready for retirement. All we need to do is put a plan in place to get you to and through retirement so you know how the income is going to be produced. So no turkey in my equation means people coming in no can retire. What was the guy on uh, Ralph Macho's movie there? You know, Karate Kid. Oh, um, uh, Mr. Miyagi. Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi. Miyagi. Yeah. No can retire. So, let's <laughs> put it but most of the time <laughs> like you that. can retire. So, um, don't let that keep you away. So, you know, perfect. You have to find out. You have to take the first step, and the first steps always starts with you. Good comparison there. All right, so no turkey. That was sort of lesson number one from the first Thanksgiving, that discrepancy. Something else that's interesting is, uh, and this is like almost hard to sort of, ah, this, this one's hard to reconcile, Kevin. Not in November. The first Thanksgiving did not take place in late November. But that's, of course, obviously when we celebrate it every year. Um, it most likely would have been two months earlier around true harvest time. So I'm curious, as we look at these discrepancies and draw financial lessons from them, what do you see people doing in their financial lives where maybe they have a good idea, but their timing is off? 
Oh, so think about that for a minute. Well, I, I think that we could come up with people, you know, they listen to the news or, you know, doing some research on yourself. Maybe they attend a seminar. Maybe they're even listening to the show and, and they think, I'm going to invest, which is a good idea, right? Anytime you invest, it's a good idea, but your timing may be off. So maybe you got in a, at the higher end of the market. And as soon as you invested that first dollar, of course, it went down 10, 20%, whatever that figure is. It's a good idea, but I think what the good idea is to make it even a better idea is forget about it because investing is long-term. We know that. Don't don't concentrate on the one-month return or the three-month return or the one-month return because we have years to go. If you're getting to retirement, you probably have years to go. If you're getting through retirement, you have years to go, hopefully. So I think the timing, people put way too much emphasis on the timing of their investments. Uh, we know that over long term, there is really isn't a good or a bad time. We just need time on our side to make those investments grow and do the things we want. So if you started that investment process, and then something happened where the, you know maybe you got into the top timings off a little bit, and you've seen a loss, that's normal. Don't let that get you down because, you know, the market always goes up and down. Make sure you have time on your side. That's that's the big thing there. I think that people miss when they start doing this and then they have a good idea, but then it goes astray a little bit because, you know, they're not seeing the returns and then it puts them off from doing more investments. Don't let that happen to you. Like we say every single week, you know, this is long-term investment. This has to be treated like such. Great points, Kevin, and that's another good takeaway. All right, we're talking about the first Thanksgiving, the differences between then and what we celebrate now, and I think this next point is a good one as well, Kevin. You know, it was originally a one-off in November of 1789 is when George Washington issued a proclamation calling for a day of public Thanksgiving and prayer, but that was the only Thanksgiving day until the 1860s when Abraham Lincoln became convinced that an annual celebration would be a good way to unite the country during the Civil War. In 1870, uh, fast-forwarding another couple of years, Congress made it official by passing legislation that made Thanksgiving a national holiday. So another interesting little tidbit. At first, it was a one-off. It took another several decades before it became kind of a regular thing. So that leads me to kind of wonder and ponder, maybe have you seen people, um, in good ways or bad, turning maybe one-time financial moves into ongoing habits? I could see that being a good or bad thing, right? Well, yeah, the good thing comes to mind right now is, uh, let me ask you a question, Walter. If you're working for any particular company, what's the one thing almost every company offers? Uh, 401k or 403b or something like that. Exactly. So you're turning at one time, so let's say you're, you're new to the workforce and you just graduate college or you just go into the workforce, you change jobs, and then there's this new 401k that you can enroll into to start saving for retirement. So it's a one-time move. And then you you know, you know, set, the amount, the amount comes out of your check, and it's ongoing. And you set it and you forget it. For most cases, that's what happens with people. You know, you take a little bit out of your paycheck every single week, and you create that good habit going forward. Now, what does that do? Especially if you're younger, or even if you're older, You've seen through maybe 10, 15, 20, 30 years, the markets go up and down. So it tends to ease your tensions when the market goes down because you know that you've been in the market for 20 or 30 years. You've seen this happen before and you know it's normal. And if time's on your side, things usually come back. In fact, they pretty much always have come back. So turning that one-time decision to sign the papers, to get involved in your 401k, for 99% of the people that come in my office, Walter, that's the one decision that led to them 
getting to retirement and getting through retirement with the confidence they were looking for. Just that one simple decision. I can tell you that her name was Nancy. We talked about her before. She started with $10 every two weeks in her 401k. She worked for a bank and she ended up getting over a million dollars by the time she retired. Now, of course, she added, she upped her contributions as time went on, but that's where it started from, a $10 every two weeks investment in there and then it turns out to be something like that that is a great habit that most everybody will experience because most everybody has 401s 403bs 457s those types of things great points there kevin if you have any questions by the way as we talk about these different financial lessons feel free to reach out by calling 888-885-PLAN that's 888-885-7526 kevin's your financial coach at insight folio serving you all throughout the tri-city area but based right in pinconning again reach out by calling 888-885-7526 Last but not least, Kevin, you know, peace didn't last. The first Thanksgiving is often portrayed as the result of a peace agreement between the Pilgrims and the Indians at the time. That was at least partially true, but only temporarily, because believe it or not, the Indians weren't just signing up for a joyfully handover of the United States, you know, to white men. Uh, it, It only took a few years before the two sides were constantly engaged in, as we know, devastating and bloody wars uh, that drug on for many, many years. When it comes to financial matters, how do we turn that into a lesson? Wow. Do you ever see people maybe get too comfortable during good times and not adequately prepared for the battle they'll face in tougher times? That was a long way to get to that question. <laughs> Kevin's <laughs> like, we could just ask the question and yeah. not go through this song and dance about Thanksgiving. But that's what makes it more interesting, Kevin. Come and, you on. know, I'm, 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 pors- <laughs> I'm partially torn here, Walter. I know. You've, you've, yeah. you've got a little bit of a background here on, on all sides, right? I, I do. My dad's mm-hmm. English. My mom was Chippewa. So, you know, I got a little of both sides on my, on my side. But if we think about the battles... What's the battle that most people are going to have, um, Walter, do you think? When they come in to me, they think they've got a battle and they need to, you know, get ready. But, you know, they've been seeing the good times and now they're worried about the battle, which is now the market most of the time. People come in. That's what they're talking about. Yeah, I could see market. I could also see this being kind of a life insurance question, right? Like, oh, why am I putting so much in life insurance? I'm healthy. Things are good. You're kind of forgetting about the, the bad times that could potentially lie ahead or putting enough aside for health care or those kinds of things. Right. So the battles ahead, when people come in, you know, they don't necessarily think that because things have been going on autopilot. They've been accumulating money for years and life's been good. They watch the, you know, the kids grow up, get married, go on, start their own force. But then as you get closer to retirement, just like you said, do I need life insurance? So do we have to sit down and figure it out? What about long-term care? That may be a battle that you have to face in retirement that most, once you get to retirement, that's what most retirees think about. And then the other battle is, is you're, you've been, you know, going along in your working career and now you're getting ready to retire. So the big battle here is how do I turn what I've saved into income for the rest of my life? How do I fill that shortfall that I'm going to have without running out of money? And that's the battle that I would say probably 80% of the people that come into my office, they want to figure out before they get in. They want to have a good battle plan uh, ready. How do I save, you know, how do I take my money, turn it into income and then not worry so much if when the market's up, down, or going sideways. I just want to know, have predictable income coming in. That's the battle that most retirees are going to face when they first retire. The other battle is going to be long-term care, and the other battle is going to be legacy, where the life insurance can come into play. So those three things that you're going to face probably going into retirement, 
and they all should have a plan. We talk about it every week. You need a plan going into these battles before we do it. You just don't walk into it and hope that everything's going to be okay. If your plan for long-term care, and Walter, this usually comes from the guys. I'm not, I'm saying, you know, guys aren't necessarily the smartest when it comes to these kind of issues. <laughs> but, they, you know, I hear this over and I'm just walking out in the woods and they won't find me. Well, what happens if you have a stroke and you can't walk? You know, this, these things happen always. My 30 years of doing this, I've seen some horrendous things happen to people as far as long-term care, life insurance, turning, you know, your income. Don't let that happen to you. You have to pick up, you know, you have to pick up the flag and start charging forward in this battle and you have to be prepared. And how do you do that? Sit down with your advisor, get this plan in place and look at the possibilities that could be coming your way and get ready for them. Great point there, Kevin. Absolutely. And thanks for playing along with us a little bit here on these questions. So if you want to talk a little bit more to Kevin about your financial life, your plans, how you can account for these things that maybe, yeah, maybe you're kind of like these lessons from the first Thanksgiving. You uh, you aren't planning for the bad times ahead and accounting for those in your financial plan. There's a gap there, if you will. Or maybe you've turned a you know one-time financial move, whether good or bad, into an ongoing habit, especially if it's turned into a bad habit. Um, you know That might be where you need some assistance. Lots of different areas that people need help in, and that's where Kevin comes alongside to help put together a better financial plan to help you get to and all the way through your retirement years. So if you want to get in touch with Kevin, here's how to do it. You can have a conversation about your plan and your life moving forward and how to make everything work financially. 888-885-PLAN. That's it. That's easy. 888-885-PLAN. That's your number to call. We'll put you in touch with Kevin. He's local again in Pinconning, and that's where he's based, where he's born and raised, in fact. So you're dealing with someone who's local, who knows, uh, you know, kind of the, the way of the area, if you will. You're not dealing with somebody from, from off. Um, you're dealing with somebody from, uh, from, from the area and uh, who knows what's important to folks from around here. And uh, I think there's some value there that uh, can get overlooked. So yeah, give Kevin a call if you've got any questions about your financial life at all. 888-885-PLAN is the number. That's 888-885-7526. Hey, more coming up on today's show. You're listening to Simply Financial with Kevin Ray. Stay tuned. No need to complicate it. This is Simply Financial. Thanks for joining us on Simply Financial today. Walter Storholt here alongside Kevin Ray, your financial coach at Insight Folios, serving you throughout the Tri-City area based in Pinconning. You can find Kevin online at insightfolios.com. That's insightfolios.com. All right, Kevin, I want to talk for a couple of minutes about Roth conversions because, and we're going to get specific here for the next couple of minutes on this one particular part of the financial planning world. You talked earlier in the show, okay, everybody's got a 401k. Well, a lot of people also have IRAs and then many have Roths as well or have at least thought about it or maybe heard the term. So just want to kind of zero on on this for just a couple of minutes. And the idea of a Roth conversion to those who hear it is intriguing to a lot of them. And for some people, it can be a great strategy to enact. So I want to explore the concept a little bit with you. First of all, why? Uh, Explain why a Roth conversion, uh, what it is, first of all, and why it might be worth considering. Sure. Well, a Roth conversion is is simple. You have a traditional IRA, you have a traditional 401k, which means 100% of that money when you pull it out is taxable. There is no tax breaks on it. So if you have 100 grand, you cash in 100 grand, you owe taxes on 100 grand. So if you convert some of that or all of that to a Roth conversion, whatever it grows to from that point is tax-free. So that 100 grand goes to 200,000, it is now all your money. Uncle Sam gets none of that uh, that growth on that 100,000 that 
they had to growth in there. So tax-free is the reason we consider it. We want to grow dollars down the road somewhere so if they raise taxes, we can take money out with, without worrying about having to pay any tax on it because it's going to be tax-free. Makes a lot of sense. All right. So why might the Roth conversion be especially helpful for somebody who's in, let's say, the high income earning bracket? Do, well, do they benefit more? They do because, well, they can and it, it depends, Walter, let's put it that way. But if you're going to go into retirement, into that high income earner bracket, you may want to consider converting some to Roth. Why? Because it'll give you health down the road. And I tell everybody, Roth is crackpot money. We want to let it stew. We want to let it bubble. And what do I mean by that? We want it to grow as much as possible and tap those dollars later in life typically because we can take out tax-free dollars and maybe get us in a lower income bracket when we're in retirement and we're going through those. So what would a lower income bracket do? Well, sometimes it helps us not pay as much Social Security or tax on our Social Security. Sometimes it helps us not pay as much tax, period. So those conversations we have with people, you know, if we look at you, you have a million dollars in your in your 401k and you do nothing. And let's say that, you know, 10, 15 years down the road, now it's $2 million. You just kicked the tax can down the road. And so now what happens is your RMDs, RMDs, remember, are required minimum distributions you have to take out at age 72 have maybe doubled in this particular case. Maybe you got to take out $200,000 versus $80,000 at age 72. So by sitting down and have those conversations, does it make sense to do some of those conversions now? Could save you later in life. And that's what we do in our office is we'll look down the road. We'll look 10, 15 years down the road and say, here's what it's going to look like down there. Maybe we should have this conversation about converting Ross so we can kind of alleviate some of those taxes uh, possibility coming in and later in retirement. Great points. All right. All right. So we're talking about Roth conversions in case you've just joined us, where they make sense, why they're worth considering, not necessarily going to be the right choice for everybody, but why they're worth at least thinking about a little bit. Uh, But let's talk about mistakes here. Are there some common mistakes that people make when it comes to Roth conversions? Because it can sound simple on the front end, but uh, I know these things somewhere you can always go wrong. Well, you know, if it's free, it's for me, right? That's some. That's that, that used to be my model. But I if like we think that, about yeah. <laughs> if we think about a Roth conversion, number one, you have to leave it there for five years. So otherwise, it you know it doesn't work. Number two is if you're going to convert from um, a particular account, you're going to pay the tax from that account. I don't think that's a good idea because we're taking dollars away from that. So if you have money sitting on the side, maybe that's a better idea. And number three, we have to have time. If you're 90 years old or 85 years old, Roth probably is not going to make a lot of sense because we need time for that to grow and be tax-free. So by by the time you pay the taxes on it, it's going to be a while before you even break even. And we want to make it worth your while, so we need time on our side to get that Roth growing, stewing, and bubbling, as we had said, so we can get as much tax-free income as we can down the road. So those are the common mistakes I see when people want to come in and they want to start doing that planning. And the big one is, you should have cash set aside uh, to do that because we don't want to take that cash from your IRA. Good points there, Kevin. All right, can you give us maybe an example to kind of bring this all home of somebody who uh, maybe really benefited from a Roth conversion or a hypothetical of someone who would benefit from a Roth conversion? And then maybe the flip side of that, maybe somebody where you looked at it and said, nah, a Roth conversion is not for you. Yeah, so let's let's think at... Uh, the typical person that comes to my office. You have maybe some, maybe five, 10 years before retirement. You have what I call lazy money sitting in the bank. And what do I mean by lazy money? That's just money sitting there earning nothing. And you're gonna, your income 
is that a such a point to where we're looking at, hey, if we can convert X amount of dollars and keep you in the same tax bracket and we can use some of that lazy money to pay for the conversion tax on that, that may make a lot of sense because if you're, let's say you're 50 years old, we convert maybe you know part of your IRA, we pay the tax over maybe four or five years. We don't want to do it all at once because that'll throw you in a tax bracket. So in other words, we're going to convert some money one for over the next five or 10 years to keep you in that same tax bracket. And then 15, 20 years down the road, we need that income, we can plan for it, and that income's gonna be tax-free. Now, just the opposite is you don't have enough time. You know, you're older in life, you don't have the cash set aside, it's probably not a good idea to look at doing the Roth conversion. Or maybe you you need that money immediately, you need income immediately, and that's that's definitely not a good idea to can think about the, the Roth conversion because you're gonna use those dollars that are sitting in that IRA 401k immediately for income, and that's that's going to be the bulk of your income needs are going to be coming from it to fill that shortfall. Probably not a good idea to do that Roth. All right. Very good. Thanks for the layout of all of those different uh, kind of Roth elements and questions, Kevin. If somebody's got further questions about Roth IRAs, is that something that you just you jump right in or do you go through more of your planning process? Is that just in part of the simplicity planning process? Where, where, where does the Roth come up in the conversation? Well, that's a good, really good question, Walter. In our simplicity process, the simplicity plan, we have something called on the left-hand side of the screen, it's called principal tax concern. And what is that? The principal tax concern is this. We list your assets in the plan. What are Roth? What are IRAs? What are 401ks? What are 403bs? What's in the bank? So on and so forth. And then when we list them all in there, you'll see on the side, it says principal tax concern. It'll give you a percentage of how much of your your assets are 100% tax. So let me give you an example. You have uh, half a million dollars saved, 450,000 sitting in an IRA, 50,000 sitting in the bank. Well, we know the majority of that, that 450 and you pull it out, it's 100% tax. So when that principal tax concern comes up, we're maybe it makes, that's where the conversation is going to come up. Hey, maybe we ought to start looking at maybe conversions, some of those things. So we base it on that plan. We base it on how much is 100% tax when you when you pull out and we're going to base it on your income. And do we have some leeway to start doing those conversions? Helpful, Kevin, to get that perspective and know how that conversation evolves as well. And so if you've got questions about Roth conversions or want to go through the full simplicity planning process, it's easy to set that up. All you can do is uh, pick up the phone, give Kevin a call. 888-885-PLAN is the number. 888-885-7526. Keep in mind, Kevin is local, based in Pinconning. He is your financial coach at Insight Folios, and he'll take you through the planning process. Make sure that you're comfortable with all the different steps of the process and everything that you need to do going forward to accomplish your financial goals and to get to and through retirement. 888-885-PLAN is the number to dial. One more time, that's 888-885-7526. Hey, more coming up on today's show. We're going to talk uh, coming up in a few moments. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about cash. Is it still king? That's the question we're asking. Coming up right here on Simply Financial. It's getting to know you time. Glad you're with us today on Simply Financial. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Kevin Ray, your financial coach at Insight Folios, serving you throughout the Tri-City area. And it's time to get to know Kevin a little bit better as uh, we always each week have this non-financial question that we usually just have some fun with. So here's this week's that popped up. It's an interesting one, Kevin. If you could only have one sense, only one of them, Mm. so touch, sight, smell, hearing, or taste, which one would you choose? 
Well, you know, we talk about food here all the time, right? I know. Giving up taste would be hard. Well, no, I love to hunt and fish. So in order to hunt and fish and be in the outdoors, I'm going to need sight. Yeah. So I think I, you know, definitely that's, I would have to have sight if I was forced to pick because then, you know, I can still go about my day. You know, it wouldn't be nice not to smell, hear, or taste or feel the touch, but uh, sight is, you know, I could drive, I could go hunting, I could go fishing, I could experience the mountains in Montana like I do every year when we fly fish. You know, I could still have a lot of the same experiences I do now. Maybe not as enhanced, but I could still have them. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I think definitely keeping sight as your one sense um, at least allows you for the least disruption in your in your day-to-day life. Um, you know, that, that one's the least disruptive, I guess, out of these. Let's take it the other direction. All right, th- it's like a reverse draft. You got to throw one out first. Wh- which would you give up first? Which one would I give up yeah, first? Yeah, so I'm flipping the question around. You have to give up one of your senses. Which one are you giving up first? Ooh, um, boy, that'd be a tough one. Smell, maybe? Yeah, I would go yeah, smell. Smell, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. You know, because taste, you still want to taste. Touch, you still want to feel. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, smell, you know, if I don't have to smell... Uh, some things I guess I could get along yeah, with. Yeah, I could, could live with that. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. The um, the next elimination would be your tough one, right? Because yeah, obviously you're not getting rid of your sight. So then you would have to choose between touch, taste, or hearing. That'd be pretty tough because it'd be hard to give up any of those, I think. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. You know, because those are, you know, we use them, well, we use all the senses every day, but we use those. Yeah, Quite a bit, so. I mean, hearing is going to be like ho- hanging on intact to that is important. Like that's going to, but boy, you'd be really losing a lot to lose taste and touch. I think you know. Yes, you know, the, you know, the, exactly. So think, I don't things know. that really bring you some joy in life. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the first two questions were easier than this one here. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, we need to take this a little deeper, and then it'll get hard. So. Yeah. I don't know. I hate to say it, but I think I'd give up taste next, which is sounds terrible. But I feel like it almost would be helpful in a way because then it, you'd be, it'd be easier to live a healthier life, right? Like you're just like, okay, I'll just eat broccoli all the time, and I'll be really healthy. That'll be that'll be better than you know. Like if, think about it, how easy it would be to lose weight if you didn't have any cravings for anything. Oh, actually, I know somebody who lost their taste because they took a tumor out behind their eye. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. And um, he can taste salt. That's it. But I can tell you this, he puts a lot of salt on stuff. He hasn't lost any weight, so. Oh, um, it must be the salt. That's the problem. The, 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 the feeling, right, of hungry all the time. I, I suppose you could also still always have uh, cravings. You know, yeah. cravings are strong things. So even yeah, though you yeah. can't taste things anymore, you might still crave the same bad foods. Poss- exactly. Possibly. Yeah. So. Anyway, an interesting thought experiment for the show today. So it sounds like we're in alignment with a lot of a lot of those choices. We are. All right. Well, uh, more coming up on today's show. When we come back to wrap things up, we're going to be talking about cash. And is it still king? That's the big question of the day. And that's coming up next right here on Simply Financial. Planning for retirement shouldn't feel like rocket science. According to the equation, S equals one half AT squared. But it's easy to get lost in the financial jargon. Keep listening to clear up the confusion. Thanks for joining us today on Simply Financial. Walter Storlt here alongside Kevin Ray. He is your financial coach at Insight Folios based in Pinconning. I invite you to go to insightfolios.com. Check the team out on the website. You can click the listen button and listen to past episodes of the show. You can ask your questions to Kevin that way as well. We feature them from time to time on the show, or you can talk off air, of course. Uh, You can even email Kevin. Kevin at insightfolios.com is the address there.
All right, we're going to talk about uh, cash is king, or is it still? You know, almost everybody likes the idea of a healthy bank account, Kevin, who wouldn't? Uh, what are some of the most common needs for cash that you see that make it a good idea to have a sufficient amount on hand? And are we talking about an emergency fund here? Are we talking about even a little bit more than that kind of tucked away? Well, I think a little bit more than that. And I can give you some examples of uh, my clients who needed some cash and some, some hefty amounts. You know, one, I needed a roof for their home, and it was about $25,000. That's, you know, that's not, uh, and, and it wasn't that big a roof, but things are things are getting more expensive now. I think you need to have enough cash on hand, a good chunk on hand, because as the stock market, Walter, that's always the unseen or unknowable events that throw a kink into things. And the same thing with your cash. It's always the unseen or unknowable events. Maybe you get hurt and you can't work for a few months. Maybe you need a, you know, some big appliances for the house or a roof. Uh, maybe you're a farmer and you need a tractor. One of my clients needed a tractor, and that wasn't cheap, I can tell you that. And we planned for that, and we had the cash sitting on the side. So it's different for everybody, but you have to have enough cash set aside for those unforeseen and unknowable events that happen to all of us. Uh, you know, it, it's just a fact of life. Walter, we know you're accident prone, so if you go skiing this weekend <laughs> and you're right. out for a while, right, you have to have enough cash set on hand to get through that through that time. Um, so I think, you you know, it's different for everybody. And how do we figure that out? Well, we get to know you one-on-one, and then we plan for it. But you have to have a healthy amount of cash in the bank. Good points across the board there, Kevin. Having said all that, why might it also be counterproductive? to have maybe too much cash on hand. Can we go too far the other way? We can, and a lot of people do this. You know, they, they like the idea of going down to the you know local bank and if they need whatever dollars, they can pull it out. But on the other hand, you know, it's lazy money. It's sitting there, it's not doing a doggone thing for you. It's not earning much, maybe half a percent today, the rates have come up. So let's just say you got $100,000 sitting in there and it earns a half a percent. You're not, you're not getting much in interest. But today, Walter, there's there's annuities out there. Just plain Jane fixed annuities are paying over 5% now. So if you were to put that same $100,000 in a uh, in an annuity, that's $5,000 in interest versus, let's say, you know, $50 of interest. That's a big deal. So having too much cash on hand, you're losing all that future earning power. In this case, you're, you're losing, you know, about $4,900 in just interest that that thing could be making. And then for over 10 years, that's, you know, that's $50,000 that you could have had additional in your um, accounts that you won't have if you just let it sit in there in the bank account. I think people, you know, they get in that habit, they want to know it's there, it's easy, and they don't want to think about doing something else with it, but you're losing that purchasing power. You're not keeping up with the price of goods, especially today, you know, gas, groceries, all those types of things. You need to put that lazy money to work. Don't let it sit there and do nothing for you. Remember, that money sitting in the bank is your employee. It needs to work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and it's only job is to produce income produce interest or whatever you know whatever your your objective is but it has to produce something to get you to retirement and once you're there to get you through retirement great point kevin so if you have questions about cash call kevin at 888-885-PLAN that's 888-885-7526 how much should i have in cash how much should i not have to worry about having in cash these are important questions to ask and, and that's probably the next place I want to take this, Kevin. How much is appropriate? You know, how, how do you answer that question for folks? How do you find that, that perfect mark? What I normally tell everybody, let's take one year. Let's look back the last 12 months. What did you spend? 
and let's make sure we have that sitting in cash because we have we always have the have tos we got the consumers bill we got our cellular phone bill we have the internet bill we have our gas bill insurance bills all those things we have to have at least that set aside in cash for a year why a year because it's unforeseeable unknowable events what if you have a major health problem and you can't work for a year that's going to relieve a lot of stress on your situation so having cash sitting in the bank that you can go and draw on is always a good idea for those particular reasons and i always like to say uh, you know minimum six months but i lean more towards let's have a year of cash sitting in a bank in case those things come around so kevin for a client who's maybe gotten used to having a large amount of cash in the bank what's a way that they can invest more efficiently without suddenly giving themselves a heart attack because now they're watching that money go up and down every day in the market that's funny you just said that because we just talked to somebody the other day and they have quite a bit of cash sitting in their bank and they're you know, they always wanted to get in the market. You know, during after the pandemic, they went and they never did it. You know, there's always a reason why they're not getting into the market or why they're not getting into certain investments. And there's a simple way. Let's what's called dollar cost average. Let's put maybe a little bit in every single month and we'll do it for a year or two until you get used to that. And then once you get used to that, it's a good habit we talked about earlier. You can continue doing that. So, Walter, let's let's take this reverse engineers for a minute. A year ago, was gas cheaper or more expensive in your area than it is now? Uh, it was cheaper, right? Cheaper, right? Yeah. Most most cases. So, you bought gas. You know, you had a hundred dollars. You put it in there. Maybe you bought twenty gallons of gas, and now hundred gallons and a hundred dollars is maybe buying you ten dollars of gas. So, if we average that out over that time frame, you didn't pay the high, you didn't pay the low, right? You just averaged it out over that time frame. Same thing with investments. Maybe you do get in at the high, but then the market comes down, you buy more at the low, and the market goes up, so you're buying it all over. So your cost to get in there is cheaper if we do something called, in most cases, cheaper if we do something called dollar cost averaging. We just put a little bit in every month, and we buy something every month. So you're never going to hit the high, you're never going to hit the low. It's just going to average out throughout the years as you go. A lot of people start that way, and then once they get a handle, on it and they, and they feel better about the market and they understand it a little bit better they get some more education that alleviates a lot of that you know heart attack symptoms that you may have just by putting a whole lump sum into the market at one time all right that's great well there you have it good uh, good roundabout view of the conversation about cash whether it's still king or not so it, it sounds like it's still king but just a, a, appropriate uh, an, an appropriate amount then cash is king is that, yeah, is that a good it, takeaway it is a, a really good takeaway okay. because, as you know, we talk about lazy money all the time. And that, by the way, that's one term, Walter, I use that people come in and say, I have too much lazy money. So it sticks. That one sticks. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. sticks. You know, I, I get it now. It's not working for me. It's not doing anything for me. It's not keeping up with the cost of anything. So I need to put it to work. You know, and there are avenues out there that do have some guarantees that you can, you know, you can put it to work and earn more certainly than when it's sitting in the bank. Don't do that because. If we look 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road, 30 years down the road, that little bit you're doing right now adds up over time and can really make a difference in enhancing your retirement or enhancing your life as you go forward. Well, thank you for the details there, Kevin. And as we get ready to wrap up the show this week, I want to remind you, if you have any questions for Kevin at all, don't hesitate to reach out, ask those questions, and uh, get some better understanding of where you are right now in your financial life and where you need to take things into the future. Uh, how do you get from point A to point B? Well, that's what Kevin does each and every day, helping clients figure that piece of the puzzle out. 
all with the simplicity, uh, the simplicity plan, the simplicity process that's going to cover all these kinds of questions that we've talked about today, uh, from cash to fixing bad financial habits to Roth IRA discussions, 401k issues, everything in between. If you want to go through that planning process, it all starts with a simple phone call. And here is the number to dial to get in touch with Kevin. 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. He is your financial coach based in Pinconning. Give him a call again at 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. Or go online to insightfolios.com and learn more about Kevin through the website. Hey, Kevin, thank you so much for the help this week. I hope you just have a fantastic Thanksgiving, my friend. I'm very thankful to be able to uh, host this show with you each week, and we'll look forward to doing it all again next weekend. You also have a safe Thanksgiving weekend, Walter, and I hope everybody out there that's listening to us has a great weekend, families involved. It's one of these glowing moments that are going to stick in your memory, so make some sticky memories this week. I love it. Thanks, Kevin. We appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time on Simply Financial. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered through Insight Folios, Inc., a registered investment advisor. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Insurance products and services are offered through individually licensed and appointed agents in various jurisdictions. Insight Folios, Inc. does not offer legal or tax advice. Kevin Ray is an investment advisor representative of Insight Folios, Inc.